Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show where we extract our guest biographies through the music that takes them back to moments in their past and the stories that make them who they are today. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest this week is Alex Adams. Alex is a theater major at Florida Gulf Coast University with a background in musical theater, which began all the way back when she was just six years old. And she's a lifelong Swifty, which I feel much too old to be saying. Alex was one of the students in the voice acting class that I co-teach each year, and she'll be playing the role of Horatio in FGCU's upcoming April production of Hamlet. Okay, on to the show. Hey, Alex. Hi, Richard. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Looks it not like the king? Market Horatio. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Looks it not like the king? No, that's my line. It stalks away. (laughs) Stay. Speak, speak. I charge thee, speak. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Those are lines from? From Hamlet. And you are? Horatio. And that is going to be when? That is going to be um, opening April 15th, I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure it opens April 15th, um, and then that weekend, and then the weekend after that. We know who Hamlet is, too. We do. Yes. So our guest uh, from just a few weeks ago, Tatum Bates, uh, who recommended you for this show. She's going to be Hamlet, the eponymous character. And um, yeah, I just wanted to throw a line at you to see what happened. <laughs> um, thanks for playing along. Yeah, of uh, course. Have you listened to any music today? Yes, I have, actually. Yeah, what did you listen to? I listened to, um, I have a playlist called Rooting, Tooting, Space Cahooting, and um, it's essentially a playlist that makes me feel like I'm in space and also like I'm a cowgirl. Um, Examples, please. Oh, so uh, Space Song by Beach House, Space Girl by Francis Forever, Cowboy Like Me by Taylor Swift, um, Family Line by Conan Gray. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It's funny you mention this because I'm listening to a lot of um, Marty Robbins right now, um, who is a, an old cowboy ballads singer um, like El Paso and Big Iron. Um, and you've made me think of um, Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> the anime, which is both cowboys and space. I haven't That's watched That's what I that. thought of, too. Yeah, you 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 might have to. It's it's spectacular, and the songs, the music, it's incredible. The soundtrack's Ooh. incredible. We can't talk about it. We got to get to your stuff, but okay. <laughs> do it because um, it's cowboys and and space. Um, what is your earliest musical memory that you can pull? Earliest memory I can pull is my dad really loved the song um, Fernando, I think, by ABBA, and he would sing it all the time growing up. But he would sing it very loud and obnoxiously. Um, on purpose, or can he not hold a tune? On purpose, <laughs> um, to annoy me and my mother. Um, but <laughs> thinking back on it now, you know, like as a you know very young kid, I was like, "Dad, you're being so annoying." But you know, it's a fond memory now. It's the right of all fathers. It is to be annoying to their <laughs> family. <laughs> my dad would wake me up in the morning, like with animal noises, like before school started. Just so. Yeah. <laughs> um. What's the first time you remember music um, being more than just something you listen to? Hmm. Like that it could mean something. I got to like worm through the files in my brain for this one. (laughs) 
I feel like it was probably when I started doing musical theater is when, like, I started feeling, like, connected to music. And the first musical I was in, it was Free to Be You and Me Jr. And, you know, it was just, like, a fun musical about, like, being yourself and the friendships that you make when you're young and growing up. And I was, I think, six years old when I was in that. And it was a really fun experience. But then I just remember the songs in it were just very fun and uplifting. And I just, I felt like excited to not grow up, but excited to adventure and Hmm. learn more things about the world. Um, Do you remember any of the songs from that still? Yeah, I do. It was like the last song and... It, oh, like there's a land that I see that is made for you and me. Something, 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 sing along to a land where the rivers <laughs> run free. Um, I, <laughs> something like that. You would have been about six? Yeah. Wow, that's really stuck in there, yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you saw um, like a live performance of music of any kind? The one that I think I remember being my first was Susical the Musical Junior. <laughs> um, yeah, my cousin was in a production of that, and I think that was when I fell in love with musical theater was when they have the song when JoJo's in the bathtub and he's singing Anything's Possible, and then they have like the, the fish hmm. that are like, um, it, they have the the black light and the fish like swim on stage um but then just it i i love it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how old were you about i was maybe like four or five i think yeah so you got bit early Mm -hmm. like by musical theater and and um did you jump right in like was that that you know um the play when you were six is that was that an ongoing thing from there like like once you were in that it's been since then essentially yes um pretty much every year since then i did another musical and it was something that i just really fell in love with storytelling through song mm. is just there's something about it that i feel like cuz i love straight plays um but there's something about a musical that i feel like just grips me more <laughs> i think and it's just engaging i'm like whoa and i don't know well, we're definitely going to talk about musical theater as we go here. Um, awesome. Uh, I want to know, um, other than singing ABBA, you know, <laughs> uh, to to aggravate you, what kind of music did your parents play in the house other than your dad's Fernando? Um, well, my dad listened to um, some country music, you know, some older tunes. There was this one song that I did actually really love that we sang together. It was like, I should have been a cowboy Hold on, I'm going to look up the song yeah. real quick. Yeah, it was um, Should Have Been a Cowboy by Toby Keith. Oh, okay. Yeah, we sang that song a lot, and it was really fun. Um, my mom uh, actually influenced my music taste a lot. Um, she loves The Grateful Dead. She loves The Talking Heads, Fish, Moe, you know, a lot of good jam bands. Um, just recently, the other day, um, I was listening to... Lost Along the Way by Mo, and it's it's become one of my favorite songs, I think, as of recent. Dave? Dave Matthews? Yeah. Yeah. His friends call him Dave. 
<laughs> I am sorry. I am not friends with Dave Matthews, no. but <laughs> no, a, we have a running joke on the show that uh, uh, Dave fans call him Dave, and people who of, <laughs> who survived the Dave Matthews band experience call him the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> so, uh, what about your grandparents? really had that much of an influence on my music um my my grandmother listens to a lot of soundscapes um she'll have um like the music channel on in her house and she'll play these just sort of whimsical just like ethereal yeah sound nature stuff <laughs> yeah yeah okay um can't really dance to <laughs> no not really um but it's pleasant to listen to uh what about uh musical instruments in the house um I am the only person in my family, I feel, in my family here in Florida that does a lot of musical instruments. I wouldn't even say a lot. I'm learning guitar right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play piano a little bit, but then I sort of stopped playing just because of life and things. Um, I've gotten really good on ukulele. It's super fun. Um, but my cousin Tyler, he's in a band called The Jaunty. Um and J-A-U-N-T-Y? Jaunty? J-A-U-N-T-E-E. Oh, okay. T. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I saw them play um, while they were here in Florida a few years ago. And they're just like, you know, fun, like groove jam band, you know. Okay. Um, uh, if you could learn any instrument instantly, like Matrix style, what would you learn? Ooh, um, the drums. Ooh. I've always wanted to learn how to play the drums. Yeah. I think that would be so like, bow, 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 but it, it just. <laughs> that is how they go. That is how drums sound. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you, so you learned, you did piano, you're teaching yourself guitar. Um, was this when you were growing up, like in the house? The, the piano, was that like with your parents around or was it more recent? It was probably sort of end of middle school, early high school around. Um, I got a keyboard for my birthday one year and I was like, ooh, exciting. And then I just kind of tinkered around with it a lot. Um, And it was kind of how I taught myself music and chords and stuff like that. But I always found it really fun just like after like a long day at school, just being like, do, 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 do. And I'd learn all my favorite songs on it. Um, One thing I could never get the hang of, though, was learning how to play something with my left hand and then playing something with my right hand. So as a as a piano kid, um, I have an entire li- like catalog of songs that and pieces like classical pieces that I can play, but if you told me just play the left hand, I I get two measures in and I forget how because it's just muscle memory. Like like when my right hand's doing X, my left hand is doing Y, and if you take one of those away, I'm like I don't remember any of this. It's ten pages long, <laughs> twenty pages long. Ah. I'm done. I don't remember. So it's it's definitely something you don't think about once you get. That's Tatum Bates telling me <laughs> that she's finished recording things. Tatum, <laughs> come here. I got your text, but you're here in the show now. Hi. <laughs> a little cameo. Just a. It's a crossover episode. Yeah, a little crossover episode. So hi. Hi. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that uh, once you start playing a lot, you stop thinking about. But it also means that, like, I, I'm sure that's not how I'm supposed to. You're supposed to learn to play. <laughs> you know, a good a good pianist can probably play just the left hand, but I I just never got good at that. Neither did I. <laughs> um, siblings? 
I am an only child. Hey, high five. Yeah. I can't ask you any questions about siblings. <laughs> um, who, yeah, who then contemporarily, so you said your your mom mm-hmm. um, influenced your tastes quite a bit. Who would you say in your uh, age group affected you in any way? Or did anybody in your age group affect your music tastes? Um, I would say yes. Uh, one of my good friends from high school, Faith, um, she listens to a lot of the same music that I do. Mm-hmm. And so like she'll introduce um, like a song in the car and she's like, I love this song. And then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I love this song now. Sure. But, but like but when you were growing up. Eh, I mean, I, did, I, I mm, to be totally honest with you, Richard, I was like just something in the car. My mom would just put on like the pop radio station mm-hmm. and that would just be what I listened to. Um I didn't really start to get, like, into music, Mm -hmm. I guess, per Mm -hmm. se, until, like, more high school. So then what was the the first music that you owned that was, like, yours? The um, Taylor Swift's album 1989 was the first physical um, copy of music that I've had. And um, about how old were you when you... 12 I think and that was Alex's music that was Alex's music yeah I I have always been a huge Swifty since like <laughs> since you were 12 since uh, <laughs> since I was 12 yeah <laughs> all right um well let's um let's get to your music uh, I want to hear your first song here um what do you want to do let's listen to the song first all right this is Alex Adams first song today on three song stories it's she keeps me warm uh the 2013 single by Mary Lambert Yeah. Oh, I love that song. I haven't heard it in so long, actually. Um, So the story behind that song for me is when I was around 11 or 12 years old, I was in a production of Guys and Dolls, and we had our warm-ups every morning. um, And our director, uh, she played this song during warm-ups, and, you know, I didn't really think about it until kind of closer to the end of the rehearsals. Um, And I... It was my first exposure to um, the idea of a woman being in love with a woman. And I was like, that can happen, you know? And so now I am a proud lesbian. And I also met in that cast, um, there was a lesbian couple. And I just felt so, like, like admiration. I was like, wow, like, this is so cool. And then just kind of... That was the start of me thinking, like, realizing, like, who I was and becoming the person that I am today. Um, and it took a very long time for me to actually come out to people, um, like, near the end of high school, actually. Um, but that song is very personal to me just because it makes me feel proud of who I am and that I shouldn't have to hide um, like I did for a while, and that life's too short to not live. What's the word? Life's too short to not live authentically. Hmm. And yeah, that seven years is a long time to to be in that mode. Um, how did you navigate, you know, what is already kind of a tumultuous part of your life with with this new kind of version of yourself that you were learning about? Well. I just kind of pushed it down, and for a while I just thought, like, 
it's okay, you know, like, I'll, I'll find a guy and, like, I'm sure that I'll probably be happy, you know, just because I didn't really, t- I didn't talk to anyone about it, you know, um, and it was just very internal and it was something that I kept pushing aside, but, like, I knew, like, in me that it was a very real thing that was going on and, you know, growing up is stressful and so just, like, having that was just, like, another thing of, like, oh, I have to deal with that eventually. Um, and then I just never did. Um, <laughs> until it got to the point where, like, you know, my friends started dating. And I was thinking, like, I, f- like, and people were starting to, like, kind of guess anyways. Um, like, I remember one of my friends um, asked me about it. And I got, like, so defensive about it. Because mm. um, <laughs> uh, I was talking about. Anna Kendrick and I was like oh she's so pretty and like oh my gosh like I just want to be your friend and she was like are you sure that you just like that I think you have like a crush on her I was like I know what are you talking about like that's no not at all um but then I think that was kind of like oh now people are starting to kind of realize um and so you know I I took a moment and I like sat down and really thought about who I was and if it was worth living in the shadows essentially and will I live the rest of my life never telling anyone that I'm gay or am I going to spend my life being happy um and being brave um so then in 10th grade um like that was the first time I came out to one of my best friends and then I just kind of started like from that point on, just kind of being more and more open about it. And so now in college, I'm very open about it. And it's really interesting to think back. You know, I've never really thought about this journey, really, that I've been taking ever since I was in middle school, you know. And, yeah, I'm very proud of myself for having navigated that and making the decision to live my life proudly and not hide anymore um as you as you went through that period uh did you revisit the song throughout i did um it was when i first like sort of came out and i was telling my friends i was like hey i'm gay and then i was kind of like "Ooh, i can say that and I feel proud of myself. And so then I revisited that song and then I really started to think about what it meant. Um, and then I would go back to, you know, in my mind, those rehearsals like for Guys and Dolls and feeling so proud of that little kid who I was before who like didn't even really know that gay people were a thing. Yeah. But it's been a while since I've listened to that song, though. Yeah, I wanted to ask, when was the last time you listened to it? Oh, I'm not, like... Ballpark. I... At least a year. Probably two. Okay. Um, so, uh, does it... Well, <laughs> I was going to ask if it fits into your life today as far as your music listening, but no. Um, do, you, do you listen to her outside of that song? Do you listen to, um, oh, to uh, Mary, Mary Lambert. Lambert? Yeah. Do you listen to Mary Lambert outside of that song? I don't actually. I should. <laughs> She's got a great, listen. that voice is pretty amazing. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. You, you got bit pretty early on by the theater bug we talked about earlier. And of course, like here you are even at 11 in, you know, doing a rehearsal. Um, Did you know you wanted to do it professionally that early or was it something you just loved doing? 
Absolutely. I knew like from the second that I started doing it, I was like, I want this to be what I do for the rest of my life. Um, and, you know, I I was a kid who would just kind of latch onto anything that I found like something interesting. Like I used to be really into meteorology and I still kind of am. <laughs> um, but for a while, I was like, maybe for like a couple of years, I was thinking maybe I'll be like a meteorologist and study weather. But there was just something that I just didn't like about it. And I think it was like the fact that I had to do more like reading and science stuff, which I mean, I was a smart kid growing up, but it's just, you know, I don't think it's what I would want to do for for many, many years of my life. You know, <laughs> you like the TV part of it. Yeah, the I was like waving at the making making the cold fronts move. Yeah, it's like thirty percent <laughs> chance of rain today. It's like ooh, I want to be that. <laughs> um, as a theater kid, what roles did you have that kind of stuck with you, or maybe you carried past the play, like that you kind of grew from? Um, the one that comes to my head immediately is Martha in the Secret Garden musical. Um, it was the most challenging show that I've ever done. Um, and the music just was especially, it, the, sc- the, the score for that show was just beautiful. Um, but the music was also very difficult. What made it difficult? Um, the range, mm. the vocal range, and then just, there was a lot of tempo changes in the music, especially as well. Um, and, you know, Martha is an alto character. She has, um, a lower voice than a lot of the characters in the show. There's a lot of sopranos in that show that just like go crazy with the high notes and it's beautiful, but that's just not me. (laughs) Um, but I remember specifically what I think I took from that show and carried on with me was hard work and dedication to my craft. Um, because I think it was during that show I really realized, like, if I want to do this as a career, like, I'm going to be, like, busting my, like, butt, you know, just it, it, I really need to be putting in 100%, like, in everything that I do. And so I think I've carried that with me. Um, Oh, that's interesting. So um, not the role, but just, like, your, like, having to work hard to, because it was so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, like, the, the character of Martha herself, you know. She's a very hardworking individual as well. Um, And she tells it like it is, you know, which I've always struggled with being sort of direct with people. Um, So I feel like being in that role also was something that could help me be more upfront and direct and confrontational. I think, yeah, I think Martha in the Secret Garden is probably like the most influential role that I've had so far. Okay. uh, so we've talked about um, stage acting, and um, you're in. You know, I know that you're you're in the class uh, for screen right now. Um, what did you think about voice acting, which was a class that I helped to co-teach that I had you as a student in? I loved voice acting. Yeah. It was super. No, you're not fun. just saying that because I was one of the teachers. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> it was genuinely such a fun experience for me, and it was something that I had never really thought of before. But it's something that I think I would like to do more of for sure. I felt very creative and I got to kind of work in my own head because I feel like with a lot of um, theater and like screen acting and stuff, I'm so aware of what I look like and kind of how I'm physically like behaving and stuff Hmm. where I feel like in voice acting, I don't have to worry about that as much. Um, And I can still like act and stuff with my voice, but I don't I'm 
I'm very critical of myself and kind of how I look and how I move. And I'm like, oh, is this awkward or weird? And it's like, if I'm, if only people are only hearing, hearing my voice, then they won't be thinking about like, what are my hands doing when I'm like <laughs> saying these lines, you know? Yeah. So it was a new experience that I would definitely love to do more of. Just on a one last quick theater thing, uh, you mentioned that you love, you know, telling a story through a song. So like a sung through must be like a perfect thing for you. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's just, there's no talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any that stand out to you? Ooh, the Falsettos revival specifically. Um, I listen to that Cast album all the time. Um it's like sung through from the beginning to the end, and the music is just so interesting too because none of the songs really sound the same, but they're still all tied together by you know musical themes, and mm. it's and it's just a fantastic story too. You know, oh, I love that show so much. <laughs> the Valsetto's revival. Yes. Okay, I will check that out. Um, all right, let's get to your second song. Okay. Um, story, music. What do you want to do? Let's do music first. Music first. Okay. Uh, This is Chasing Cars, not by Snow Patrol, Mm -hmm. but a cover performed by Sleeping at Last on their 2016 album, Covers, Volume 2. It's Alex Adams' second song on Three Song Stories, Biography Through Music. Would you lie with me and just forget the world? I teared up a little bit. (laughs) You did. You did. Um, I could see you far out of this outside of this room yeah um so the reason i chose that song um specifically the cover of it was because for my scene so to preface mm-hmm. dance has been a huge part of my life um since i was i think in the third grade so i was around eight or nine years old um if you're doing musical theater yeah you dance dance is a big part of it um but I used to take dance classes um, at a dance studio in my hometown, which is Bradenton, Florida. So for years, I was dancing, and I just loved going to dance because it was a great way to just release all of my, you know, worries, and I could just express myself like through movement. Um, and so for our senior year, um, my very last dance recital um, with this studio. We did Sleeping Lat Last's um, cover of Chasing Cars, and it was our contemporary dance. Um, I still remember the all the dance moves, um, and I just remember that dance recital and how much I cried afterwards <laughs> just because I really miss dance. I do. I'm taking a dance class right now um, at the Arts Complex this semester, Um But there is just something about dancing um, with my friends um, that I had made and had kept for so many years that it just was so, it was an emotional release for me. Like every like night that week I could go in and just like take all the things that my brain was like freaking out about and then just like let it go. And I could just feel and breathe and contemporary dance has always been my favorite genre of dance um just because I find it so freeing and that song specifically it felt like all of the girls on stage we all kind of tapped into each other mentally and so I felt like when we were performing that song we were all just connected as one unit and it, it 
dance was like a family to me. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the the last year you go to like a sleepaway camp. You know those kids that go every summer and then like they know that they won't come back. Yeah, the last year. Um, uh, do you think uh, do you think that maybe your you earlier you mentioned being kind of like hyper aware of like of what you're doing with your body, like with your hands and how yeah. you're standing. Do you think that um, having a choreographed routine to to lock into helps to like assuage kind of that, like you, like these are what you should be doing. You should be moving this way. I would say yes and no. Um, yes, because it felt like I could ask a question and say, am I supposed to be doing this or this? Mm. And then the answer would make sense and I could just be like, okay, I don't know, let's do that. And because the only thing I'm really focusing on is the movement aspect of it, um, it was easy to kind of just like have that live through me and without having to think about like, oh, lines and then, oh, singing and all these other things. And with dance, it was just like move, you know. And um, my dance teacher, she was really awesome at letting us just kind of move how we were. She was very non-judgmental. So like, you know, if we didn't look exactly like the same, like doing the same movements, it was it wasn't really about that. It was more just kind of just moving just to move, hmm. you know? And then I would say no, um, because, you know, when you're watching yourself on the mirror dance next to a bunch of other girls, you automatically start comparing yourself. Hmm. And you're like, oh, I don't look like this, so I don't know if me doing this dance will look the same as like that and if it'll look as good. And, you know... You start to get in a little spiral of like, you know, all the little fun insecurities that you have sometimes. Um, but even still, I was able to beat that in some way where I just thought of dance. The more I went and the more I just kind of let myself have fun with it, the less it became like I'm comparing myself to everyone else in the room and more I'm comparing myself to my past version of myself and I'm progressing and improving like you know my technique and stuff um so i guess that answers the question yeah, maybe yeah that's maybe that's a very full answer for that question um yeah it's yes and no um do you then with that in mind do you dance for fun i do um like around people like in a group <laughs> um eh, well not really not anymore no um that's why I'm taking a dance class this semester is so I can kind of get back into that routine of like letting myself, you know, move. Because, you know, the last time I took um, a dance class like that was in my senior year of high school, you know. And so and that was like a couple of years ago. And so I kind of left that almost. And now I'm in like it feels a lot different. Mm. I just had a dance class yesterday and it was so weird getting back into dance after having not done it for such a long time, you know. Um, so kind of having to like relearn all of those things and also just like letting myself dance like around other people. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like not as a dancer, but just, you know, a party, a oh. club or similar. Like do you, you know, it's one thing having steps or a routine that you have in your head. Do you dance spontaneously uh, in group setting? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, like 
I, I, I like to think of myself as a very fun person. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, like if I'm like with friends and stuff, like I'll, I'll, I'll dance, but I always am pretty awkward with it. Like if it's not like choreographed. I'm not a great improv dancer. Um, you know, I need things to be told to me of like what to do. Same. And I can yeah. you know, give me steps all day. Very coordinated. Say you point at me and say dance. It's it's a rough time. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like freeze up and then I'll just like, woo, you know, just it. Yeah. Um, what other dance styles like at like in actual like, you know, choreography did you did you study? Um, ballet and jazz. Mm. Um I loved doing point work. Um, I was on point shoes for a little bit, um, and that was super fun because um, it was just it was a challenge for me, um, and it was very difficult, you know, because um, I had the first shoes that I got were just not working for me, um, but then I got like these second pairs of shoes, and I was like, oh, okay, like I can get on full box now, and it was. It was just so much fun because it was like a, a fun challenge for myself and then watching the videos of myself and I was like, ooh, like I could do like these like leaps and stuff. Mm. And then also like releves and pays and things. Um, I loved doing petite allegro, which is essentially just kind of like really um, small, like footwork almost, but like super fast. Um, and I'm picturing when you see a, a, a ballerina on point, but like moving their like like fluttering their feet yeah. as they move forward. Is that a night is that something like what you're describing? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got the right idea okay. in your head. Um and all of the dance work that you did, um how in particular how did it translate into all of your the theater work, which is kind of like the big thrust? Um I would say I definitely am more into dance musicals, I would say, just because I love like the story that's told through choreography a lot of the time um and kind of bringing like my experience like to the table you know because if I hadn't taken dance classes you know like I like musical theater would probably be very stressful for me because I've most of the shows that I've been a part of have been dance shows um and I always have so much fun with them and I love learning choreography um and, you know, some of my favorite musical numbers are, like, the big dance, like, you know, uh, 11 o'clock numbers. Uh, sorry, does that answer your question? It does. Okay. It's, <laughs> yes, literally the, yeah. I you, feel like I just ramble sometimes. I just go on and on and on. No, you're right on point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so before we uh, talk about this last song that you've got planned for us, I wanted to talk concerts. Um, so first, what was the last show you went to uh, to see somebody perform? I went to go see Mother Mother at Janice Live um, in October, and it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. And um, what would you say was your best concert experience? Ooh. Hmm. Probably Mother Mother. Ooh, this this last one? Yeah, because I don't really go to a lot of concerts. I've never really been, like, a huge concert goer, just because, like, Concerts are very loud, and mm, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with, like, super loud places sometimes. Um, like, I went to go see Taylor Swift for her 1989 world tour, mm -hmm. which was amazing. But I was also, like, I was younger. I was, like, 11 or 12 or something around that age, and it was my first, like, big concert like that. And I was super overwhelmed. Um, but it was still a fantastic show, but it just wasn't, like, a super... Like, it was still a great experience, but I was still just very overwhelmed by it. And it was very mm. new. 
So I just feel like I wasn't really processing the show itself and more kind of like all the outside. It's a big first show. It is. Yeah. Uh, plus kids, uh, it's louder to kids um, than to grownups. Uh, there's a there's an entire chunk of uh, hearing range that, that uh, you start to lose in your teens. Yeah. And um, so, you know, little kids, you see them always, they're holding their hands, their heads at a concert. That um, was me. Yeah. I was like this and I had like little foam earpieces in yeah. there too. Yeah, we took, uh, we took Zoe to a, uh, my daughter was... Goodness, maybe she was six or so. Um, she wanted to see a, a baby metal concert, um, which is uh, J-pop plus metal. Um, really fun. And she wanted to go and we, we wanted to go. So we went and we plugged her ears up and got her headphones and stuff. And it was a good time. And she wasn't having that problem. But but it is you do see it yeah, a lot. Um, have you seen any of the uh, three performers of the songs that you brought today? Have you seen any of them live? I have not. Would uh, if you had to go see one, if you could only pick one, who would you go see? Ooh, five seconds of summer for sure. Got it. Okay. Um, what uh, what band or performer would you like to see, um, living or dead, at the height of their performance? Oh my gosh! Um, oh, I'd have to think about that one. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna look through my Spotify just sure. to jog my memory yeah. of the music that I listen to. <laughs> Ooh, you know it would be really fun. Yeah. I would love to see ABBA in concert. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, I think. I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> and they would they'd definitely do Fernando. Oh, like, yeah, for have sure. To. They would have to. All right. Um, okay. I think that it's time uh, for your last song. Okie dokie. Uh, what are we going to listen to? We are going to listen to um, Wildflower by Five Seconds of Summer. And uh, story song, what do you want to do first? Let's do song first. All right. Uh, let's hear it. This is Alex Adams' final song on Three Song Stories. It's Wildflower by Five Seconds of Summer off the 2020 album Calm. Yay! Yeah. Oh, I love that song. So the story behind that song was... Um, it was the summer before I started going to FGCU, so I had just graduated high school, and... My friend group, um, since like sixth grade, we all decided that we were going to do like a fun little senior trip. Um, so we went to Asheville, North Carolina for um, a whole week. We rented out an Airbnb there. It was so fun. Um, but I have a very, very specific memory of my friend Faith had put this song in the car and we were driving to the grocery store to get groceries or whatever. And I had never heard the song before, but it was like fun, you know, and it was kind of my first introduction to Five Seconds of Summer's newer music. Um, so I was like, this is like so fun. And then it just kind of kickstarted like the rest of the trip into just being like a super fun, awesome time with my friends before we all kind of went our separate ways. Yeah. So it's your senior year, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, um, or is after your senior, right? This is post-graduation. Yeah. So these are, are these, are some of these dance friends? They were all theater friends from school. Friend, school. Yeah. So some of them you had done plays with, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just like people around you all the time. Um, what uh, what else What else stuck with you playlist wise from that drive? Ooh, um, there's a song called Choke um, by I don't know how, but they found me. That was another song that I discovered. <laughs> that's, a, that's a band name. That that is a band name. <laughs> I don't know how, but they found me. Fantastic band. Okay. Um, but that song also was just super fun. But that was more towards like the tail end of the trip. Like I remember that song kind of being played. Um, you thought of it. I did. Yeah. But it was still like, it was really fun. Um, 
<laughs> this is so funny. I just remembered this. Um, when we were driving up there, I was asleep. Like it was like eight in the morning. I had fallen asleep in the back of my friend's car, and they played um, the cover of "Beggin" by Monaskin. Um, Say that name again. Uh, Monaskin, I think it, the the Italian rock band. Okay. Um, you said that like it was just like a like a household name. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Monoskin. They're um, an Italian rock band. Super fun. Super awesome. Okay. You should definitely check them out. I will check them out. Um, but they did a cover of um, it's like Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I think that is the name of a performer. So I think so. So I think Frankie and Valley in the Four Seasons. No, Frankie Valley is like the person's Frank- name. Frankie Valley. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna <laughs> log this up again. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons is a rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so Beggin, but specifically Modiskin's cover of it. Sure. Um, they played that song in the car, and I had, like, woken up. Like, I had just, like, risen from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, that was a really funny um, experience. And then also, um, when we were in Asheville, mm-hmm. we drove to Nashville in Tennessee mm-hmm. to see the Parthenon. Um, and it was a very long ride and we all were in the, like, it was seven of us all in, I don't remember whose car it was. I think it was a Toyota 4Runner. Um, and like, it was me like in the back seat, and it was just Bruno Mars. Like the, <laughs> the ent- whole way. The whole four hours there. <gasps> Wait, and, from, oh, from Asheville to Tennessee from. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, okay. I thought you meant from. From Bradenton. Oh, no, no, no. Because that's a, for people who don't know Florida that, that are listening, you got to drive like eight hours just to get out of Florida. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and then you're still not in North Carolina yet. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. If it had just been Bruno Mars for that like 12 hours, I like. I you would come back a different person. I would have come back a different person. <laughs> and I love Bruno Mars. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if I can listen to that much Bruno Mars. Um, big highlights from the trip. Ooh, we went to go drive through the Blue Ridge Mountains. I've um, been there. Yeah, it's we, gorgeous. We drove through a cloud. Um, oh, yeah. It was so cool. And it was just, it was nice and cool out, you know. Um, we also just kind of were in the cabin, like, watching movies and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when we saw fireflies out there, mm-hmm. you know, in the mm-hmm. mountains. Oh, my gosh. My friends, like, still make fun of me, like, about this to this day. Um, I didn't bring my Subaru Outback, which is the only, like, four- wheel drive car like, it would have been I, great in those mountains by the way it would have been great in those mountains but the thing is you know i had just gotten my license and i wasn't comfortable driving and i wasn't like comfortable with anyone else driving my car um so one of my like we had two cars and one was like a little lexus sedan and the other was the toyota forerunner but neither of those cars can make it up the like yep it was, it's steep it was a fifth of a mile driveway. Mm-hmm. So we had to like lug all of our luggage <sighs> and stuff like up the driveway. Yeah. And it was like a, it was like a 15 minute hike up like mm-hmm. the little mountain. And, you know, we were all so tired just like getting up there. We're like, OK, we're done for the day. Like, you know, if you when you're driving through that part of North Carolina, if you look at all of the houses, like 80 percent of them, Subarus, <laughs> like oh everybody's gosh, yeah. got an outback. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I like this uh, this idea because that's a good road trip drive here to North Carolina. And, um, and you know, that last part of 
we'll call it childhood. You know, that last part of, of high school and stepping into adulthood is uh, a time when a lot of people lock in a lot of music tastes and memories and things like that. Um, so, uh, thank yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, um, of course. Okay. Um, we're going to hit a speed round Ooh, okay. as we go on our way out. Okay. When's the last time that you bought music that had a physical form? Oh, oh, oh. Um, mm, like 2020, I ordered Taylor Swift's Evermore album online. So your first and your last physical form musics at this moment are Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you karaoke? I've never done karaoke like at like a, like I, or at like a venue or anything, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do karaoke. I think it just is, it seems really, really fun. Um, you sung in front of strangers having been in, in theater. Yeah. Um, I think that we could, we could probably make that happen. There's, there's a couple of places around here that does karaoke. For sure. Um, that do karaoke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were a, ch- uh, like a pro wrestler, uh, what would your walk on music be? Oh, um, Man Eater by Nelly Furtado. Ooh, good <laughs> answer. Yeah. And then what's your, what's your, um, wrestler name? Oh, um, uh, d- d- oh, uh, oh, I'm not like cool and kick-ass enough. <laughs> I gotta think about you it. You play it the other way. So, uh, I need to say that I love how much thought you're putting into your wrestler name. I want to have a good one. <laughs> I don't want some lame wrestler name. Yeah, nobody does. Oh, no, it has to be good, but it has to be me. It can't just be, like, not something that, like, you know, is me. So I'm thinking, like, bedazzled boulder. Bedazzled boulder. Bedazzled boulder. I was hoping uh, a play on the Adams Family, since that's your last name. You know, you can, your whole your whole <laughs> thing can be, uh, like, gothic, dark, or whatever, you know? I don't that know. is true. You know, to be totally honest, you know, I kind of have stayed away from the Adams family just because <laughs> it's like all the jokes that people it. make yeah. about my last name. It's not even spelled the same. I have one D yes, in my last it, name. Yes, you have the, 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 like the president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adams. Okay. Um, if, uh, if a bartender friend of yours was going to make a cocktail inspired by you, Ooh. like as a person, what would be in it? Ooh. Edible glitter. Yeah. Um, for sure. Just a, just a cup of edible. <laughs> oh yeah, for, that's just, sure. <laughs> that's all. Um, uh, ooh, uh, hmm, probably some really fancy like herbal tea. I okay. Think. Like an ice like herbal tea. So this is we're in hot toddy territory or cold? Would it be cold? Yeah. Okay. Like an ice like tea or something. Okay. But then like maybe just like a like like some grenadine or something, just kind of like in it. Okay. I don't know. I like a lot of overwhelming flavors at the same time. So tea, grenadine, we got pomegranate syrup, yeah, edible glitter. Ooh. Okay. I like this drink. Oh what are we going to call it? Oh, um, ooh, can I add like little leaves of mint? Absolutely. Okay. So with the little leaves of mint in mind, minty shimmer. Minty shimmer. Yeah. That's a great, that, that that's also, that'd be an okay wrestler name too. <laughs> It's minty shimmer. Okay. Minty shimmer. What songs do you use or song do you use if you want to just kind of space out, if you want to, you know, relax, vibe, as the children say? (laughs) To vibe. Um, That's how we used it as a verb. (laughs) 
<laughs> when I was a child. Yeah. No, that, I, I, I vibe to some tunes. Hold on. Let me find, um... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now it's what's... like a noun. It is a noun now. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah, I know. I, I, I guess I sort of use it as a, a noun, I guess, sometimes, but... Vibe isn't really in my vocabulary, I feel. <laughs> I don't say that a lot. Hmm. But like, you know, let's say you get home, uh, it's been a long one, and you not you don't really like me to listen. You just wanna have music to to stare at the wall. Oh. Ooh, you know what I, this is this is what I've been doing recently, just like very recently actually. The glass onion soundtrack. Oh yeah, the that new movie, um, the the murder mystery one. Yeah. I've been listening to the score and it just like I love just like the feeling that like washes over me when I listen to it. I feel like I'm just kind of I feel like I'm floating, but I also feel like I'm about to just like save the world at the same Ooh, time. You that's know? Fun. Do you listen to a lot of movie soundtracks? I don't actually. Huh. Um like I'll, like if it's like a musical. Non- movie, no, no, no. Those like, yeah, not yeah, musicals. Really, those are that's that those are songs. Yeah, yeah, those are songs. Um but no, not really. I mean, well, do you know the movie The Holiday? Mm-hmm. That soundtrack also. Okay. I like a lot. Um, but I I don't really listen to it a lot actively. But the Glass Onion soundtrack, <laughs> it, okay. it's got a grip on me cool. right now. All right. What song do you wish you could hear for the first time again? <gasps> Ooh, Gold Rush by Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. I can, I buy that. Yeah. Ugh. Do you have a favorite song of all time? Um, mm. It's a hard one, I know. It, it feels unfair. No, you know, it is a hard one because I feel like it changes all the time. Uh, right now, what's your favorite song? <laughs> right now, my favorite song. Ooh, my favorite song right now is Lost Along the Way by Mo. Okay. I love it. It, it feels so peaceful, but also feels so energizing at the same time. Uh, that's a hard trick to pull off. It is. <laughs> because of the way music and memories work, is there a song that you avoid listening to? Probably not. But I think the song that always like makes me sort of like feel like I got punched in the stomach mm. is Good Grief by Bastille. Okay. But I don't feel like for any specific reason. Oh, the music itself makes you feel that way? Like the... the the juxtaposition of the upbeat poppy music yeah. and the lyrics about losing someone that you love. Oh, sure. It's just, oh. This kind of, um, uh, there's a little bit of that people talk about a lot in um, in Pumped Up Kicks, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it's such a happy sounding song about yeah. school shooting. I um, know. Yeah. Uh, if you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet at the same time, what song would it be? Oh, um, Goodbye My Danish Sweetheart from Mitski. Why? I am not sure why. I just feel like (laughs) everyone needs to hear it at some point in their life. Okay. Because it kind of is the same thing with Good Grief by Bastille, but it doesn't make me feel like so upset. Um, (laughs) It makes me feel like more happy because it's like... The music is so like bright and poppy, and I almost feel like a little fairy, like dancing around in the woods. It's because it's like do 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 do. But then the lyrics are just so like heart wrenching, and just it's 
it is a roller coaster just listening to that song. And depending on the mindset that you're in, it can just totally change what that song means to hmm. you. Okay. All right. Goodbye, My Danish Sweetheart by Mitski, M-I-T-S-K-I. Yes. All right. Um, if you could only listen to one album over and over for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Which Taylor Swift album would you pick? Oh, how did you know? <laughs> I could tell, yeah. Oh, Evermore. Mm. I love Evermore. Okay. Was there a fourth song that you were considering for the show and then didn't make it? Yes. What's the short version of that story? Um, and which song? Ooh, okay. It's the, the, ooh, hold on. <laughs> I know the title of it. I cannot remember the artist. Ooh, so um, the f- song that I was considering adding is The Game of Love um, featuring Michelle Branch by Santana. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was a song that my mom really loves, and we listened to it a lot growing up because um, we have a very, like, big backyard at my home, and we would always, like, go in the pool and stuff, like, when I was, like, a really little kid, um, just, like, during the summer and it was just so fun because it just reminded me of having just no cares in the world and just thinking about like, ooh, like I have nothing to do except for have fun. And, you know, that was a time when I didn't really realize that I was going to grow up. And, I, you know, <laughs> you think you're going to be a kid forever because, yeah. you know. Because you, you always really... have been. Exactly. Um, so I like listening to that song because it takes me back to when I did not have as many responsibilities as I do now. <laughs> uh, what's uh, the most recent band or musician that's um, found their way into your life? Like, what's the newest thing? Fallout Boy. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have, like, a so-called emo phase growing up. Sure. So I feel like I'm kind of entering that right now. Um, I'm excited for you. <laughs> no, I'm excited for me, too. It's fun. Like, Fallout Boy's... Um, there's specifically their album Infinity on High. I've been really into recently. Okay. Um, yeah. Enjoy your emo phase. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Um, what would you? Uh, what would your 14 year old self think of what you are like, who you are, and how you've been today? I think that she would be like, "Oh my gosh, she's so cool." She'd be really excited because I am essentially. The little pieces of who I was as 14, but like kind of grown and expanded upon, I think. And if you could uh, tell her something, like a message, what would you say? Stop caring about what other people think of you because the people that like you for who you are are the ones that are going to be staying in your life. And the ones who don't like you for who you are don't matter. Hmm. It's time for Aww. you to recommend it. Well, we got one more. Three oh, people. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is approaching. Yeah. Uh, what? Um, it's time for you to recommend three people that you will share the podcast with once it releases and um, who you think would be a good guest for us. So go. So um, my best friend, Sarah Dean, um, has one of the most interesting music tastes of any person um, that I've ever met. And I think she would be awesome on this podcast. Um and my friend Derek Fang also um, has influenced um, some of my music as well. Um, so I think he would be a great addition to the podcast as well. Um, and then I had a professor actually, um, spring of 2022, for Foundations of Civic Engagement, Roberto Garcia. Um, and he is a very fascinating individual. Um, and I would love to learn more about him through music in this podcast. 
All right. Well, Sarah, Derek, and Roberto, you have been called out, so we'll be reaching <laughs> out, and hopefully we can get uh, one or all of them to come on the show. Uh, so thanks for inviting them on. And do you have any final thoughts for us, Alex, about this whole thing? Oh, my gosh. This was the most fun experience. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Media on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator, producer, and host. Tara Calgan is our online content producer and host. Audio production is by Jared, the intern, Gonzalez. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going back two years to episode 151 with Jared Eady and his first song, Think Big, performed by Walt Whitman and the Soul Children of Chicago, and by Jared, who was having one of his earliest stage performances and maybe letting the spotlight go to his head a little bit. Rose, my aunt, who, who was my mother who reared me, she had a concert coming up, and so she decided as an additional way to make sure I was a part of the choir that I would be the lead on one of the songs had on these white tails, tuxedo tails now, and I'm maybe <laughs> in the under 10 for sure. <laughs> this turquoise looking bow tie and cummerbund, and I'm standing, I can see the picture now, standing in front leading this choir. But the issue with that is that at the end of it, I probably felt myself a little too important because I can remember just walking around in those tails and feeling them flap in the background. So the song Think Big was the song. Now it gets really interesting now for me my aunt asked me to present some flowers to some of the, the individuals who were at the concert to thank them for their service. So me and these same whatever I was dressed up in the concert includes to mind you. And I probably was a little annoyed that I had to do it at that moment. So my aunt said, OK, Jarrett just loves this individual so much. And he was so excited to present these flowers to you. Uh, so, Jarrett, come on up and thank such and such for, you know, what they've done and their support here and helping us host this concert. And little me took the microphone and said, don't believe anything she says. <laughs> and I walked away. So fast forward to the actual concert where I got to sing. I might have been a little ham as a kid. So I was probably OK in that element, probably nervous. But I can see me in those um, those tails. You can tell that was definitely that's probably on video too. Then right, the whole thing. Keep listening.